Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. Here is the deal. Let me kind of go through what we know, and then I want to discuss this with you. It's just mind-boggling, and it might not technically be illegal, but if it's not, it should be. The reality is, no car insurance, no problem. Nuts to that. Let's get them off the road. Impound the cars, make the streets safer. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give us a call at 855-616-1620. What are those people talking about? You got a deal. A deal is a deal. Stop whining about it. Live up to its obligations. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. All right, in the lead-in, I said I want to talk about the biggest idiot in the United States. And again, I, I'm thinking, is that is that too harsh? Is that too strong? And the answer is, no, no, it isn't. Look, one of the things that I think we can all agree on about what's been going on in the last couple months is it has been just devastating. It's been devastating from a personal health standpoint. It has been devastating from a mental health standpoint. And for millions and millions of Americans and over half a million people in Wisconsin alone, it has been economically devastating as, as well. Now, I understand that there's some people who think, well, we, we shouldn't go outside, we shouldn't even patronize places until there's a vaccine, and if it takes two or three years, that's fine. There's other people who are saying, you know, we, we've got to go to work. You know, we're losing our jobs, businesses are closing. You have businesses, people who've invested their entire life in these things, and now, you know, they're, they're not open. Then you have other people saying, well, you know, I, I've been working through this whole thing i'm delivering groceries to the stores and i'm i'm driving stuff to people's homes so it's had a huge impact and regardless of what you think about reopening the state or how soon that should be done we, we have to understand that there have been people that have been seriously affected for some people it has been an inconvenience for other people it has been just absolutely devastating which brings me to the story that I want to talk about, which comes from the world of sports. Now, typically, I, I let I let my teammates and colleagues on ESPN and stuff to discuss sports because even though I'm a huge sports fan, you know they know more about the intricacies of the games and things like that. I can't tell you how you grip a baseball to throw a curveball as opposed to you're going to throw a four seam fastball. I, I I can't tell you those things, but every once in a while. I do see some of these stories where it occurs to me that there are people that are just so totally clueless about what is going on in the real world that you have to say, what sort of bubble is that person living in? Now, let's let's back up here. Sports has been pretty much on hold since the, the middle of, of March. And if you recall, when it comes to Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball had it started spring training and then just suddenly, boom, it, it, it ended. And what happened is they kept the players in either Florida or Arizona for a little bit, and then they just dispersed. They, they sent the players home. Major League Baseball has been wrestling with different plans to try to bring people back and play games this summer. The, the estimate is that if they don't play for the entire season, the teams will lose somewhere in the neighborhood of four B as in billion dollars. 
Um, so there's a huge incentive to baseball to get started. And for those of us who are, are baseball fans, we, we want baseball to get started. I mean, they're, they're not going to have a 162-game season. But if you can give us 80 games, I mean, give, give me 80 games in an expanded playoff series, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. I mean, yes, the season's always going to have an asterisk behind it. But still, I mean, what sports fan isn't ready to start watching sports? All right, here is the problem, and it comes down to logistics and it comes down to money. The logistics is how do you bring the teams back, especially given the fact that um, in many states public gatherings are, are not not allowed and they're not going to be allowed in the course of the next month or so. I mean, heck, you know, in California where you have, you know, how many baseball teams are there? You know, California already college systems are saying we're we're not bringing students back in the fall to allow them to be on the campuses. Well, okay, how do you how do you put 45,000 people in Dodger Stadium or or whatever? So there, there's this huge logistic problem about how how you do this. Um, are our stadiums can stadiums be open in some of these areas even if there's no fans do you have to pick i don't know kind of like neutral sites do you have to you know play games in arizona and in florida or some of the other states that have opened how do you handle the, the travel with with teams i mean if you've got i don't know new york for example the state that's shut down and boston massachusetts that that's not i mean how how do you how do you have the yankees go to boston or, or vice versa you know there's all sorts of huge logistical problems to deal with and baseball has come up with i mean they're at least possible solutions or at least to some ideas as to how to, to work out the logistics. And then what do you do if somebody ends up getting sick? What do you do if a player tests positive, um, which, let's face it, it's likely to happen. It's likely to happen. Well, what do you do with that player? What do you do with everybody else? So they've got these different contingency plans. But all of this comes down to the notion of, of money, because if it doesn't make economic sense to do it, you know, nobody's going to do it. That that's just the reality. So here's here is the deal: when they shut down spring training initially, the the deal that was cut between the players and and Major League Baseball, the union and Major League Baseball, was that when we resume the season, the players will be paid a prorated. prorated salary, you know, based on their contract. So if your contract paid you $3 million, and they were going to play half the season, you would get half of that contract. You'd get three, you know, you'd get, you'd get half of that. You'd get $1.5 million. That, that was the deal. Now, the problem was that when that deal was originally cut, people did not anticipate the idea that the stadiums would be played with in, in front of empty empty stadiums, that there wouldn't be people around. The thought was, hey, maybe we're going to get past this, and July 1st we're able to have an opening day at Miller Park, and you're going to have 45,000 people, and it's going to be just like it was. Um, that was the idea. That was the hope, and that was the anticipation. Well, it's now apparent that that's not going to be the case. If they resume Major League Baseball, it's probably going to be in front of empty stadiums or in front of stadiums that have a dramatically reduced number of people. So baseball isn't going to get the gate revenue. I mean, it's, it's yes, baseball gets a lot of money from TV and lesser amount from radio, but a, a good portion of baseball's income comes from ticket sales, the people that buy the tickets and show up at the games and the concessions. That's that's not going to be there anymore. They're not going to have that. So what Major League Baseball says is, look, here, here's the deal. What we will do 
for this season. Let's split the money. We'll, we'll, we'll do a revenue-sharing agreement. We will split the money. Owners, the teams take half, the players take half. And then, you know, it gets divided up, presumably, again, based on, you know, what, what your contract is. But, you know, we're, we're not going to, we can't guarantee that you're going to get your full payment for playing 80 games because our revenues are going to be down dramatically because there's not going to be people in the stands, et cetera. All right, so that, that's kind of the background. Now, the players have to agree to that. Players have to agree to that. If they don't agree to that or some variation of it, well, then, you know, there's no deal. Nothing happens. So that's where it is right now. Which brings me to a pitcher who pitches for the Tampa Bay Rays, Blake Snell. Um, He won the American League Cy Young Award last year. Good left-handed pitcher. Now, the deal is last spring, Schnell signed a five-year deal for $50 million. He's due to be paid $7 million this year. All right? So the idea would be if they resumed, he would get somewhere less than $3.5 million. Um, let, let's say they resume, they play 80 games, half of that would be 3 and a half, but then he'd, he'd, get a, he'd get a salary based on, uh, again, 50% of the revenues. So it would be somewhere less than $3.5 million. Don't know exactly how much less it would be. You know, maybe it would be $2.5 million, maybe it would be $2 million, wh- whatever. I mean, he, he's going to make a ton of money this year, regardless, at least by most standards, and he's going to make you know, a ton of money over the next several years. But the players, again, have to agree with this. Well, the other day, Snell takes to the Internet, and he offers his thought on taking less than his full salary. Here's what he he says. I'm not splitting no revenue. I want all mine. Bro, you all got to understand, too, because you're all going to be like, bro, Blake, play for the love of the game, man. What's wrong with you, bro? Money should not be a thing. Bro, I'm risking my life. What do you mean it should not be a thing? It should be 100% a thing. If I'm going to play, I should be getting the money I signed to be getting paid. I should not be getting half of what I'm getting paid because the season's cut in half. On top of a 33% cut of that half that's already there, I mean, and then on top of that, I'm going to get taxed. So imagine how much I'm actually making to play. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't making blank. Can't say that word. And on top, like, I ain't making blank. (laughs) He's got a $50 million five-year contract, and, you know, he's going to walk away with a couple million this year if they play. But, like, I ain't making blank. And on top of that, so all that money's gone, and now I play risking my life. And if I get the Rona on top of that, if I get the Rona, guess what happens with that? Oh, yeah, that stays. That's in my body forever. The damage is not going to be like the damage that was done to my body. It's going to be there forever. Nope, I got to get my money. I'm not playing unless I get mine, okay? That's just the way it is for me. Like, I'm sorry you guys think differently, but the risk is way the hell higher, and the amount of money I'm making is way lower. Why would I think about doing that? Like, you know, I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. So in my head, I'm preparing for next season. 
But, guys, I'm just saying, it doesn't make sense for me to lose all of that money and then go play and then be on lockdown, not around my family, not around the people I love, and getting paid way the hell less. And then the risk of injury runs every time I step on the field, so it's just not worth it. It's not. I love baseball to death, but it's just not worth it. If it's a pay cut, if it's no pay cut, I get mine. I want to play. Okay, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. So this guy says, I'm not cutting this deal. I'm, I'm not going to play because if I come back, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to get my $7 million. I'm probably not even going to get my $3.5 million. I'm going to get less than that. And, bro, it's just not worth it because I could get sick. All right, your thoughts. And I have to admit, when I was listening to this guy whine and complain about this, all I kept thinking of was, I don't know, the people that are working on the production line at the meat plants, you know, who are, are making sure that this guy has his pork chops and his steaks that, that he can eat. I kept thinking of all the delivery drivers that were out there bringing food to the grocery stores and beer to the liquor stores. I kept thinking of all those other people that were out there who are going to work and, hey, bro, you know, they, they, they could be risking getting sick as well, and they're doing it for a heck of a lot less than a few million. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Any sympathy for this moron? Back to discuss in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 855-616-1620. Hey, bro. I mean, man, I signed a contract. I'm due $7 million, so I'm only going to play half the season, and, and they're, they're going to pay me a little bit less than $3.5 million, and i got to pay taxes on top of that. Well, hey, bro, I, I don't want to do any of that. 855-616-1620. Let's start with Mike in Sussex. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, my opinion is I think they should lay them off and have them collect unemployment. you got people on the front lines that are putting their lives on the line this guy's worried about getting paid his seven million or ten million dollars whatever it is that's baloney well it 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 is i mean i I just it is the cluelessness that that struck me here And, and maybe he's thinking that but the fact that he decided to go public and actually say that makes you wonder you know what this this guy, I'm telling you, he must not have been in line when they were passing out the brains because I can't imagine that there's too many people who are going to be sympathetic to this guy, especially all the people who've been going to work every day for the last two months making their regular wage or all the millions of Americans who wish they could go to work to make their regular wage. Oh, very true. Very true. Yes, this guy is okay. very clueless. and I have no sympathy for the- him at all. No, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. And, and and it's it's you know. And then of course, there, then a couple other major league baseball players decide that you know they're Bryce Harper, who makes just a, a ton of money, who probably has millions and millions of dollars in the bank. Decides, well, you know, he's just saying what some of us are thinking. Really? Well, maybe you should stop thinking that way. It is stunning to me that you have this degree of cluelessness that's out there. Now, look, I I don't know if the baseball players are ultimately going to take some sort of revenue sharing deal but at the same time i know when you're talking about this kind of money you know you would think that gee i I just don't want to let this all go by because if i miss a year where i'm not getting paid that that's millions of dollars that i i don't get back but this idea that we're going to be sympathetic gee i i'm i'm risking my life to go out and play this game well okay if major league baseball comes back let's be honest you are going to have 
daily testing. You are going to have the very, the teams are going to have the very best doctors monitoring people's health. You're going to have everything that the guy or gal who's going to work at the, the pick and save or that's driving the delivery truck to bring the stuff to, you know, the grocery stores or the people that are, you know, working in the barber shops or whatever. You're going to have access to all this medical stuff that they're not going to get close to. And you are whining. You are whining and say, well, hey, bro, I'm not going to be doing this. It's just not worth it for me. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jeff, he should be fired so he gets nothing. This is what's wrong with professional sports. Um, yeah. Jeff, uh, let's see. That's a lot of. Let's see. Um, Jeff, I deliver the mail every day. I, I, I want my nine and a half miles in climate, 2,700 flight stairs, flights of stairs daily for my $1,200 bi-weekly. I know how to play baseball. I would gladly do it for 500000 Just saying this guy needs to absolutely, you know, grow up. Uh, there is that sentiment that's out there. Um, uh, Jeff, hasn't this been the rhetoric? If you aren't comfortable going back to work, you don't have to. He's in a non-essential industry, so why should he risk his health for a lower wage? That's it. I'm a first responder. I go to work because I'm in a necessary industry. But being a baseball player, I agree with him. Why risk it for less? Um, well, okay, why risk it for less? Because you are completely and totally clueless. Because once this guy's baseball career ends and he has little or no skills marketable skills anywhere else, the fact is that gravy train is going to end. And the mere fact that he's been blessed with an arm that allows him to throw 90-some-mile-an-hour fastballs and be paid handsomely for it, it, it's fine. But this idea that, oh, why why should I risk this for me? Um, Sorry, I just don't get this. Um, Jeff, he's not doing it for the love of the game. He's doing it for the love of money. I'm working to survive, plus I'm on the front lines um, driving a truck. Um, absolutely. Jeff, um, what a selfish you-know-what. Um, yes, exactly. Jeff, give him his weekly unemployment check of $970 and let the rest of the players play the game. Oh, wait, he might not get that employ- unemployment for another couple weeks. Jeff, poor guy. Maybe he should have done a better job budgeting his financials during these times like the rest of us. Hashtag face palm. Jeff, I'm working every day in public at risk. He makes more than me in four innings than I make in a full year. I would say bench him with no pay. Jeff, I'm a cleaning lady. I make $25 an hour in cash, and thank God every day I can work. He is so out of touch. Do not get me started on this. Jeff, tell him to come out and get a real job. Stay locked up. No one will care. What a blanking crybaby. Um, Jeff, how many essential grocery store workers would still be going to work if they had $10 million in the bank? My guess is none. Um, yeah, I think so. And then maybe the, maybe the text that summarizes this best. Jeff, this guy is a tool. <laughs> Risking my life, he says. Everyday essential workers deserve to make more than him. He should have stayed quiet on this one. Millions of Americans are struggling because of this. Yeah, I look, I, I hope they resume the baseball season for just a, a whole lot of reasons. I, I hope the players are able to come to an agreement. If they're not, all right, that, that's, that's the business world of it. But don't complain that, gee, I'm, I'm risking my life because... I'm, only, I'm risking my life, and you're not paying me all the money that my contract says. That's one where you got to get over it. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. 
This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. As long as we're talking about baseball, we all know the words. He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. Bob Euchre calls another Brewers classic as we turn back the clock to 1992 with the Brewers against the Cleveland Indians and Robin Yount collecting his 3,000th hit. Tune in next Wednesday at 6. We're one week closer to live Brewers baseball. Brewers classic sponsored by Professional Construction, Inc., Marco Technologies, Weniger Compressor, All Right Homes and Remodeling, Great Midwest Bank, and Dave Drake Camp Heating. Always just a, a lot of fun. All right. Big story of this week is the state Supreme Court making what I think was the correct legal decision, saying the governor, through his appointed secretary, does not have the power to administer the, the safe, to implement the safer at home. And so now we're at a state where the, there is no state law. A number of communities have continued variations of their own safer at home, and I, I don't get the sense that there's really any legal challenge to that, although if, if there were, the rationale the Supreme Court used might be compelling as far as the local um, place, local areas as well. But but I think one of the things that you're starting to see is that the different communities are starting to react and things are starting to loosen up. Now I was watching television last night and I was, you know, in Milwaukee County they weren't allowing bars to open. And Waukesha County was. And so I was watching an interview with a guy who owns a, a bar um, on the western part of Milwaukee County. And he was complaining that, well, I can't open up. And, you know, a, a mile away, they, they can open up. And I, I understand his, his frustration. Maybe his frustration shouldn't necessarily be with the Supreme Court. Maybe it should be with the county executive or, or the mayor who was implementing the different rules. But at the same time, I, I, I was trying to think, hey, hey pal, you know, you, you might be a little frustrated the bar two miles away could open up, but I'll give you all sorts of examples, like, for example, the folks who run the little stationery store for the last couple months who haven't been able to open up, or they run the little Hallmark store who hasn't been able to open up while people go across the way and pile into the, the Target store and buy all the greeting cards they want. So there, there has been this... I understand the frustration that's out there because we, we've had these sort of willy-nilly closings and we've decided, okay, this is going to be, this is an essential business, this is not essential business, with actually really no rhyme or, or reason. So I, I understand the inconsistencies and I understand that the frustration that business owners have. The governor, in his response to this, clearly unhappy that his efforts to close down the state were found to be illegal. Um, the governor, he, he's lashing out. He's saying, look, this is, it's those evil Republicans that are out there, and it's going to be the Wild West. It's going to be complete and total chaos. Okay, well, the first night this happened, my, my wife and I, we just, we just drove around the area where we live. And I, I will tell you, I found one bar that was open, and they had four or five people in it. We didn't go in, but that, that, that was it. E everything else Everything else had remained closed. Yesterday, at least around where I live, most of the places that had been closed were remaining closed as they were trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to reopen? We can't just flip this switch. We've got to call our employees. We've got to get them back. We've got to get product in. We've got to get things set up. Um, 
I guess, I think over the weekend, you're going to start seeing more people open up. You're going to see more businesses, small businesses that were restricted, having only five people in. Yeah, they're going to probably have eight or ten people in or something like that. But nobody wants to get sick. And nobody wants, if you're a business person, nobody wants your customers to, to get sick. And this whole idea of maintaining distances and social distances and things alike, I, I think a lot of us understand that. Now, I understand you're going to see the pictures. You're going to have TV crews, newspaper reporters. They're going to be out and about all weekend trying to find large gatherings of people to then use that as this example that you know people can't behave responsibly. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I, I'm sorry, but I just don't see this as being the quote-unquote Wild West or, or chaos. You know, what I see is it's true. Different communities are going to reopen at, at different levels and at different speeds. There, there's no question about that. But is that is that chaos? My answer would be no. It's just again, a function of coming out of where we have been. And I guess I don't know that I see this anymore as being any more chaotic or any more like the wild, wild west than programs that allow the Costco to open up and have 500 people in it, whereas the, I don't know, the furniture store can't open up. I mean, businesses are going to reopen. I assume most businesses are going to do this responsibly for the bars, my guess is most bars and restaurants are going to try to limit, again, people. At first night, yes, you had people coming in, and yes, you might have some bars in the state of Wisconsin that decide they're going to pack people into capacity, and there might be people that decide that they're going to take the risk and go in there. But this isn't the wild, wild west. Really? Is it? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I guess it's kind of this attitude that government has that we, we can't, we can't be trusted to, to do anything unless government tells us what those limits are. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll be back to discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner. Back for more. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now look, I, I understand that there's going to be th- these outliers. There's going to be, oh, I drove by this bar and they have, you know, 50 people that are crammed in inside there. So I, I understand there's going to be that. But but in general, at least what I am seeing is, well, okay, the, the businesses, they're they're planning to reopen. They're reopening slowly. They're getting their employees in. They're figuring out ways that they can open up and, and not be packed. Now, I, and again, you're going to have some exceptions. I, I get it. But but that's that's the exception. Is this really what like chaos looks like? Is this really the, the wild, wild west? And my answer is, no, th- this looks like a responsible society, you know, reopening. Yes, the barber shops are starting to reopen. Thank goodness. But they're reopening again. We're going to space people out. We're going to schedule appointments because no responsible business owner wants to get people sick. And, and most responsible people, well, they, they don't want to get sick themselves. They're going to be practicing that social distancing and they're not going to be going to places where they're going to be exposed to unnecessary risk. There's going to be some lunkheads. But at the same time, all right, is, is it chaos? Is it the wild, wild west because you've got some lunkheads that are out there? Let's talk to Jason in Sheboygan. Jason, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. Um, I'm not you know, going to debate if it's right or wrong, but I guess now you kind of 
I know what you're saying, but even before it was, it was stricken down, I don't know if you saw the pictures of that bar in West Bend. I mean, it was packed. Um, yep. Wednesday at 3 o'clock, Iron Hog in Port Washington. They were on a Today Show today. That was before it was stricken down. They were packed. Um, mm-hmm. In Sheboygan here, I drove by yesterday, two bars, just packed. I mean, these are little dive bars, too. I, I guess my thing is, and you know what? I'm going to be honest. I was tempted to go out. I'm kind of tired of sitting in my house. But I, I just keep thinking, if I catch it there, being selfish like that, and I take a ventilator away from somebody who's staying at home, I, I couldn't live with myself. And I, I, that, that's the thing. When you're, you're elbow to elbow, no math, no nothing, that, that's the problem I have. And I guess that's my own ethical thing i got to deal with, and people can do whatever they want. But that's what always goes back to my mind. Is if I take a ventilator from somebody else, who was trying to be safe, that's not right. Well, thanks, Nicole. First of all, I don't mean to be flipped because it's not your point, but the, 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 the whole ventilator thing, now the, the, now the, the medicine is saying, okay, we're, we, we don't want to put people on ventilators because we're finding that, that that's not good. But I understand the point you're making. Look, I'm not encouraging people to behave responsibly. And like I say, I am sure, and I know the TV stations, God bless them, and I know the newspaper reporters, they're going to be out there, they're going to be looking for these scenarios where you have lots of people and it's probably going to be younger people who've piled into these bars and they're going to be treating like it's a regular St. Patrick's Day. And I know you're going to have examples of that. I get it. At the same time, though, I think the vast majority of people are, are going to be responsible, responsible when they're opening up their business. I've been talking about how I've been wanting to get a haircut forever. And I, matter of fact, I, I just heard from the woman who cuts my hair. They're not reopening until next Wednesday. Could they be open today? Yes. They're not reopening until next Wednesday because they've got to take their, they want to take these precautions to make sure that the customers feel safe. And they, so they're not, open, not opening next Wednesday. I, I know there's all sorts of other businesses, restaurants that could be open tonight that aren't going to be opened in person dining or if they are, it's going to be very limited because what they want to do is they they want to, again, be responsible because they know a lot of the customers are are going to be responsible. Would I go into a bar? My answer is it depends. Am I going to pile into a a bar over the weekend? And I have actually no plans to go to bars over the weekend. Am I going to pile into a bar where there's 150 people? And again, it's like St. Patrick's Day at an Irish bar. No, it's just, and it's going to be a long time before I do that. On the other hand, if there was an, an outdoor patio someplace and the seats were apart from each other, would I feel comfortable sitting there with my wife and maybe a couple close friends of ours? Yeah, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that, and, I, and I'm willing to do that. I think that's the way, at least I believe, that the vast majority of people are, are going to behave. Now, you're going to have, you're going to have uh, again, the input, and it's going to be from the lunkheads, you know, the, the people that are, you know, we, we've got the, the 250 people that are piled shoulder to shoulder, and that's going to be made to be representative. I just don't think that. I don't think we're in a situation right now where there's complete and, and total chaos. I, I just, I, I don't. I think what you're seeing in general is a responsible reopening that's going on. And by the way, I'm the guy for the last couple months who's been saying what you need to do is you need to be looking at regions, at different regions, because the vast majority of the COVID-19 cases in this state are in Milwaukee County. They are in Racine County. They are in Kenosha County. And recently, because of the outbreak in at the meat plants, they're, they're in Brown County. For most of the state, there are very, very few 
examples of COVID-19. So to me, it makes eminent sense. Look, if the mayor of the city of Milwaukee, where you do have an issue, particularly in some neighborhoods, if he wants to impose additional restrictions on those neighborhoods, I don't have a problem with that. I think that that perhaps makes sense. Now, you've got other areas where it's the hospital system's not overwhelmed. There's no indication that the hospital system is going to be overwhelmed, at least in the foreseeable future. You don't have massive cases of COVID-19. Well, in those cases, it seems to me that you, again, you take off the brakes a little bit sooner. But just because you're doing this on a regional basis doesn't mean to make it mean it's chaos. It doesn't mean it's it's the wild, wild west. And, yeah, I'm sorry for the bar owner who's in Milwaukee County who's looking like a mile away and seeing the places in Waukesha County that are able to open up. But that's that's just the reality. You have to draw the line somewhere. And if you're going to be upset that you're not able to reopen, well, maybe, you know, you need to be upset with the local officials who aren't letting you do it. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I just give the vast majority of the population, I think, more credit than perhaps the governor does and that some of the the people who make decisions do. Now, are there going to be people who do stupid stuff? Yes, there are people who do stupid stuff on a daily basis. I mean, what do we talk about the show all the time? People stealing cars and driving through red lights at 100 miles an hour. Uh, There there are people who are not going to behave in the best public interest. I, I get it. But at the same time, do we dumb down our society and our state to, to deal with that? Now, look, I, I understand COVID-19 is going to be with us for the foreseeable future. One of the frustrations that I have had as we've had these discussions over the last couple of months is that we set these arbitrary dates. Like um, I saw something that came out from the mayor of Mequon saying, okay, well, uh, until May 25th, bars can be open, but only with 40% capacity. And then a week after that, they can open to 60%. And, 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 and I'm like, what do you think is going to happen in, in a week or two? I mean, the, the reality is that coronavirus is going to be with us until they get a vaccine. And even then, it's probably going to be with us because people won't take the vaccine. So th- th- this, uh, these arbitrary dates, so we're, we're going to, you know, we're going to open this place up on on May 25th or we're not going to do this until June 1st what do people think is going to be different you know two weeks from now I mean that's one of the things we've seen over the last two months the whole goal of, of what we did with the lockdowns and the safer at home first of all the safer at home social distancing that's good advice that's that's good advice. Wash your hands. That's good advice to stop people from getting sick. But at some point in time, you're going to have to venture out. And if you just look at it, the whole goal behind all these things was to stop the health care system from being overwhelmed. Well, we've done that. Matter of fact, the health care system, and this is a good thing, it was never overwhelmed. All right, it, it just wasn't. It didn't come close to being overwhelmed. As a matter of fact, you can argue that the other extreme has happened because the hospital shut down, and as a result, people aren't getting all sorts of other needed, necessary medical treatment because it's it's non-emergency or elective treatment or whatever. So they're skipping doctors' appointments. It, it's just it's tougher to get blood tests in. People aren't getting treatments. They're not having surgeries. You can argue that maybe we've gone the, the entirely too far the other way in creating health problems. But the goal was let's stop the hospitals from getting overwhelmed. That's great. We've done that. But the truth of the matter is we're going to have to figure out how to live with with coronavirus until they get a vaccine. And so that's why, I mean, wash your hands. 
you know, maintain, you know, distances. Don't pile into places. And I guess I get that there's going to be some yahoos that are going to be out there who are going to be doing that. But the vast majority of us, I, I think, have the common sense that God gave a goose. And if, if if I decide that I've got to go out to some bar and I walk in and the bar is packed and it's three deep like it is on a Packer game on a Sunday afternoon, I'm turning around and I'm walking out just because that doesn't seem to me to be something very smart. And I understand there will be some people who don't do very smart things. I get it. We see that on a daily basis. Here, hold my beer. Watch this. But but that doesn't mean that it's the wild, wild west. It doesn't mean that it's chaos. It doesn't mean that you can't trust most of us to behave in a responsible fashion. All right, when we come back, one of the keys to reopening this state and this country is getting people back to work. What about the people that don't want to go back to work? Stick around. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. All right, businesses are starting to reopen. That That is a good thing. People are starting to get back to work. That is a great thing, as we talked about in the first hour of the program. I hope people can exercise and use some of the common sense that God gave a goose and, and do this in a responsible fashion. Some of our elected officials don't trust you. They don't think you can do that. Well, I, I give you more credit, perhaps, than, than they do. But But the bottom line of this is, Given, again, that COVID-19 is going to be with us for the foreseeable future. I mean, if you heard the newscast, they're saying, well, maybe we can get, you know, a vaccine by the end of the year. Look, nobody hopes that nobody hopes that more than me. Trust me about that. I just I, I think that's overly optimistic. Hope I'm wrong about that. And then even once we get the vaccine, like I say, how many people are going to just refuse to take it? All right, so you've got that whole dynamic going on. But we all agree, I think, that you know we've got to try to get back to normal. You've lost, what, over, what, 30 million jobs or so? You know, all the jobs that were created in the last 10 to 12 years have been lost over the course of the last just couple months. It is a sudden, it is a striking thing. Before the economy can rebound, we need to get people back working. Unfortunately, some of the people who were furloughed or laid off, those jobs that they had, they're gone because the businesses are going to end up closing. But there's all sorts of other places where they're, they're going to start bringing people back. One of the reasons that you didn't see everything open up yesterday around here, around Wisconsin, was the fact that um, after the Supreme Court said businesses could open up and a lot of communities even the ones that still want to impose some form of restriction said, okay, businesses can open up, but we, we have some guidelines or some, some limitations on it. Even once you had that come out, it, it, it takes a while because, first of all, the business owners have to get their employees back, right? All right, I was talking to a business owner. I'm going to leave this in, in sort of general terms, who looking to reopen, all right, and had furloughed, laid off, whatever term you want to use, several of their employees. Their employees were eligible for unemployment compensation, and I know that's a whole other story about lots of people who've been applying and applying and applying, and and they've been just gone into the morass of the state of Wisconsin unemployment system and and haven't been able to get money. So you know, I, I understand there's that out there. But the guy I was talking to, a person I was talking to, was saying, well, a number of his employees have 
qualified for unemployment, and they're getting their unemployment checks. And on top of that, they are getting their, those federal subsidized checks, these the extra stimulus checks that are being sent out, like a six hundred dollar. Uh, $600 a week that they will, as long as they are unemployed, they will be eligible for until, I, I believe, the end of July. And the, the guy I was talking to was saying, you know, he, he'd had some preliminary discussions with some of his employees, and the response that he was getting was, don't be in a hurry, boss, to call me back, because, well, candidly, if you do the math, the people were making almost as much money, and in some cases more money, by continuing to be on unemployment by the time you factor in that extra 600 bucks that they're getting a week from the federal government. They're making more or about the same without having to go to work. And, and so what he's telling me, he says, I'm, I'm getting all these people that are calling me, uh, that I'm talking to, and it's like, okay, don't, you know, you don't need to call call me back in. Bring bring Jeff back in. You know, he'll, that, that, that's fine. I'm I'm perfectly happy not coming in right now and probably will be perfectly happy not coming in until, again, it, it makes more economic sense to do so, until you can't get, you're not in a situation where you're making more money by not working than you are working. And the guy I was talking to said, that, you know, this puts in a very difficult situation because you don't want to, you don't want to dime out your, your employees. I mean, you don't want to call and say, hey, I, I tried to bring this person back and they've refused to come back. But at the same time, they're, they're saying, hey, don't, don't be in any sort of rush to bring me back. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. What is a business owner to do? And again, let's talk about the, the real world here. We've created this weird situation where there is a financial incentive in many cases, not all cases, but a financial incentive in many cases to not go back to work. And and not first of all, you don't have to work. Secondly, to the extent that you think that it might be somewhat risky, you don't, you don't have to interact with customers and, and risk getting COVID-19. You can just kind of stay at home. You can watch your kids. You can play with your dog. You know, you can do all these things, and it, it's about a wash. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, seriously, what is a business owner to do, and how aggressive do we expect business owners to be in when they reopen, demanding that people who are un- on unemployment, you know, come back and, and start working. 855-616-1620, that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And how big a problem is this going to be moving forward? And, and by the way, this isn't necessarily uh, an indictment of, of the workers. I mean, I, I get it. You know, if, if you do a job that you don't necessarily find to be particularly fulfilling or it's intensive, labor-intensive or whatever, and you can stay at home and you can, again, be with your kids, you can, like I say, play with the dog, do whatever, and you can make almost as much, if not more money, by staying at home, you know, who in their right mind would want to go back to work, right? How aggressive do we need to be with this? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's start with Kathleen on the south side. Kathleen, you're first. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I don't think they should get the unemployment and I, since they're being called back to work, and they definitely should not get the $600, period. I mean, if you're going to make money, go to work and make the money, not from the government. 
Right. Okay, so let's let, let but let let's talk about the real world for a second. Let's say you have you know you run a business, you have a really good employee who's worked for you for the last three or four or five years. They do a really good job. They've been laid off because of all this. Now you're ready to bring them back, and they say to you, boss. You know, I just, I, why don't you bring some other people back? I just, I just, I kind of want to stay at home. I mean, you, you, what, what's the boss to do then? You dime them out? No. Same thing. That'd be the same thing. Not get unemployed. They've been called back. They shouldn't get unemployment and definitely not the 600. Got it. If they refuse okay, to no. come back, if they were such a good employee, then they would come back when they are called. Got it. Okay, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You know, in, in, this is sort of a replay of what happened uh, and, uh, about 10 or 12 years ago when you had the astronomically un, astronomically high unemployment during the, the recession. And it wasn't so much like the job callbacks, but it was how aggressive people who were unemployed were, were looking for new jobs. And what you found is there was a percentage. And, I, you know, we can argue about how high the percentage was. But there were a percentage of workers that made this calculation that I'm not going to be aggressively looking for new employment as long as I'm getting the unemployment benefits. And then, interestingly, once the extended unemployment benefits started to run out, that's when you started seeing people see the light bulbs going off. Okay, well, I'm not getting any more money in. Now now i got to go back to work. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What is a boss to do? We continue the conversation in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Here's a text, Jeff. Just like the stimulus check that was only meant to get us through the quarantine, we need to require those who went on unemployment during the lockdown to go back to work when they have the opportunity. Let's start with Justin in Waterford. Justin, you're in WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, Jeff. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Okay, what do you do in a situation like this? How, how, do, how do employers handle this? Well, I was just telling your screener, I mean, I'm in a power sports business, and we've been busier than ever during this whole epidemic. I mean, it's been almost too busy. Okay. And we have uh, people that have, uh, we, we've needed more people. We've had friends and family that have been laid off, and we've offered the jobs, but they'd rather sit at home and take the unemployment. <laughs> and waiting for right. their other jobs to call them back. And I'm like, you guys right. have an opportunity right now to not take unemployment. We'll pay you the same wage. When your other job calls you back, that's fine and great. You can slide on over and, you know, fill that spot again. And we'll just take right. you as a, a full-time but a part-time position in the sense of, of time frame. Right. Right. So you're, you're telling your, was, on a real-world basis, was, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I was telling your screener, you know, Iowa is, is basically saying if you get called back, and you don't want to go back because the unemployment is better than what you were getting paid prior, that you're going to get fired as well as you're going to lose unemployment. They have, they have that position to terminate your employment. Right. And that's what right. they're going for. So, yeah, yeah I mean, there's, there's, yeah. there's no push to get people back to work. Right. Now, thanks for the call, Justin. And see, but, of course, the, I mean, the real-world 
the real the real world aspect of this is that it kind of all goes back to the employer who's going to decide that they're going to be the ones that say, hey, I, I made this offer to the employee, and the employee has, has refused to do it. Now, there's another wrinkle that was put into the federal law that extended that, that extra $600 a week, and that is that if people believe that by going back to work they have a reasonable chance of getting sick, that they can refuse that. So how that interacts with what Wisconsin requires, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not an unemployment lawyer, and I don't play the one on, on the radio. But you, you've got that, that other aspect that's going there. But, I mean, I know that this is a debate that is going on on a regular basis and is going to continue to go on over the course, certainly, of the next couple months as more and more businesses try to bring people back, and at least some workers decide that they want to push back. Crystal in McGuanago. Crystal, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Yes, hello. Hi, Crystal. What do you think? Yes, hi. Um, I agree with the other two that um, if they're called back, they they should go back. My reasoning is a little bit different. Um, When a company has been out of been out of business for a little while they do need their best people back and you had given the scenario that the person had worked for the company for three or four years and did a great job they're going to need that person back if they say bring in somebody else because i want to stay on unemployment uh they are going to need their best workers in order to get back up to full speed so um i mean you don't you don't want to you don't want to um do anything as a company to hurt them you know, by reporting them or whatever, but that that argument definitely would stand that you've got to right. have the best people in there right away. But of course, that's that's the that's kind of the catch twenty two that you're in from the employer's perspective is you really want that this person back, and they're saying, "Hey, exactly. don't bring me back right now." Um, but you know, if if you if you my phrase is dime them out. You know, if you call and you report them and say, hey, I, this person should no longer collect unemployment because I offered them a job, you know you probably pretty much burned the bridge with that person that you want to have back exactly. at some point in time. No, exactly. it's a difficult thing. Thank, yeah. No, thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Crystal. Again, and it's, I mean, I don't have any sort of great solution other than, the, you know, in theory, I agree. This, and I understand why they kicked in the extra 600 bucks. I, I do because this just hit like a tsunami and it hit all of a sudden and you had all these people that were you know just really hurting suddenly through no fault of your own you've lost your job etc etc and you don't know if you're going to be able to go back so here let's let's take taxpayer money and let's bail people out to get them over the hump and i i understand the sentiment behind that but the problem now is gee at least for for some workers we've created this sort of weird incentive to not go back to work and how do we force them back to work now i understand i you it, it you if you look at the value of this for example a lot of these jobs that we're talking about that are in this category are, are the lower paying jobs in many cases there's not benefits that are attached to them because you add in the value of benefits and that that maybe changes the math a, a little bit but still th- this is a real world issue and I, I guess I'm sympathetic to the real world problems that the employers have at the same time I mean I, I agree unemployment and the unemployment benefits are for those who are legitimately unemployed if you've got a job that's waiting for you well then you shouldn't be able to collect unemployment much less you know a six hundred dollar bonus and i don't mean bonus but a six hundred dollar extra weekly payment leanne in waterford leanne you're on wtmj good afternoon yeah hi thanks for taking my call sure yeah basically i was telling your screener that yeah you know i mean 
the economy is going to tank if you don't get people back to work. I mean, it's already gone, right? So you got to get right. people back to work. And yeah, if if an employer needs somebody, they need to call unemployment and let them know, hey, they don't want to come back. I don't care if it's your best employer or not. If it was your best employee, employee, they would come back to work for you so that you keep your business going, right? So, like they did in, in the Obama era when they kept on extending unemployment. I hope that doesn't happen, okay? So, they right. did. Well, then Scott Parker put in, you got to look for four jobs a week. Well, if it came to where all these employers can't get their people to come back to work, they're going to have to put that four-week, four jobs right. a week, looking for jobs a week again, because that's because the way you're going to get people back to work. Understand this yep. is a terrible disease and everything else, but I've worked through this whole time, and we've taken precautions, and nobody's gotten sick. you got to use your head. you got to wash your hands. you got to wear a mask. You've got to do the social distancing, and people will be okay. That's about all uh, I have for you. Yes. No, God, no thank you. Yeah, no, no. No, thank, no, thanks to call. And, and, you know, that, that is, and, and here's the other, sort of the, the cherry on the cake of this conversation is that, you know, there are projections out there that, for example, in Wisconsin, the unemployment compensation fund is, is going to run out of money in, what was the number I was saying? The headline was like October, you know, if, if you don't get people back to, to work. So, you know, if that happens, then, all right, where, where is that money going to come from? Do you impose additional taxes on the employers? Do you look at for the taxpayers? I mean, where, where does that dough come from? And it becomes an even more difficult sort of situation, which is why when the jobs are available, I, I agree with you completely. You've got to say to people, look, I, I understand this might be a hardship. And, and for example, I, I know there's people, keep in mind the schools are closed. So I have no doubt that there's perhaps some people who are, they're, they're laid off. That's not a good sort of situation at all. But between the unemployment and the extra government stimulus, the extra government payment, they're, they're getting through. And they, they don't have to worry about child care. You know, they're home with the kids, et cetera, et cetera. And even if they're making a little bit less money, it's they come out way ahead because, again, they're not, they're not fooling with having to pay for daycare or something like that. And there's even more incentive to do it. It's just we're in weird times. I understand that. But at the same time, we, we can't have policies which encourage people to exploit the system and not work when they have a job that's waiting for them. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Gee, what could possibly go wrong with this? There is a huge push nationally, particularly from the left, to move away from in-person elections, the idea of you, we should all vote by, by by mail. Now, by the way, I have no problem with what we do in Wisconsin now, and I'll talk about that in just a second. But to me, the idea of saying you, you we're not going to have polling places open, you have to vote by mail, I think is an incredibly bad idea, and I think it's an idea that's riddled with fraud. You know, what we do in Wisconsin is you can, anyone who wants, can request an absentee ballot in the mail. And then the clerk of court sends you that absentee ballot. And then what you do is you fill out the, the information and then you have it witnessed. Then you go through the hoops that you have to do with the photo ID and you send it back and it, and it counts. Right? That's how we do it in Wisconsin. Now, in some Wisconsin communities, Milwaukee and a couple of the smaller suburbs, 
what they do is they're not allowed under the law to just send you out the ballot without a request. Follow me on this one. But they do send out to all registered voters, they send out the application for an absentee ballot. The application. Now, it's not the ballot itself, but you don't have to ask for this anymore. If you live in the city of Milwaukee, you're going to get something that says, here, fill this out, send it back, and we'll send you the absentee ballot. There are a number of communities and a number of individuals who think that this is unnecessary. What they think should happen is that the clerk of courts should just, as a matter of course, send out ballots to anybody, all registered voters. So in other words, you go up and down the voting lists, you find you know, all these are all the people that are registered on the list. We're automatically going to send them a ballot that they can send back. So follow me. In Wisconsin right now, that's not legal. The clerks can send out the request, the application, but they can't send out the ballots themselves. So if you get an application, you have to fill it out and send it back. All right. So now you might say, well, Jeff, you, you evil conservative, you're, are, you're just, by saying that you don't think everybody should just automatically be sent a ballot, all you're doing is you're just trying to suppress the vote, etc., etc. Really? All right, story out about Clark County. Clark County is the largest county in, in Nevada. Clark County is um, where Las Vegas is, all right? And what they decided to do, the election commission in Clark County, ahead of they got a June 9th primary election, and so what they decided to do is they decided we are going to send ballots, not just applications for ballots, but we're going to send ballots to everybody on our voting list at the address that they have signed up for. Now, of course, what could the problem with this be? For example, in Wisconsin, you know, we know that we do not do a very good job, despite what the law says, of purging the, the voting rolls. And so there's a lot of people that are on the voting rolls who have, maybe they've died, maybe they, they've, more likely they, they've moved. And they're still showing up as eligible to vote from, I don't know, an address in Bayside when they've moved to Waukesha. All right. So under what they do in Clark County, they just send out the ballots to the last known address of the voter. And by the way, it's anybody on the voting rolls. So it might be somebody who hasn't voted in the last, I don't know, three or four elections, but they're still on the rolls. They haven't been removed. So you have all these ballots that are going out to people. Uh, without any real knowledge of are the people still alive, are the people still living there, etc. Well, what is happening? It's interesting. They are finding that, so they send off these ballots, and what they're finding is that they have thousands of ballots who have been sent out to inactive voters who have moved and or are deceased. And so what's happening is these envelopes containing ballots are piling up in post office trays, outside apartment complexes, and on community bulletin boards in and around Las Vegas. So, like, it's one of those deals where, okay, you maybe it's a large ap- apartment complex, and let's say the, the postal guy comes, and he's got, you know, mail for X number of, of places. 
well, all right, so he puts it in a certain person's mailbox, apartment 202, person who's you know now living in 202, just kind of takes that out and just kind of puts it down on the ground. They're finding huge trays of these things that are sent out. Now, again, these aren't applications for ballots. These are the actual ballots themselves. So as a practical matter, there's nothing really stopping somebody from going around gathering up all these various ballots filling them out and then sending them in and that's what's now starting to hit home with all these people the idea of sending out just ballots without a request has the potential to create a huge problem now reasonable people can argue about whether or not what the city of Milwaukee is doing sending out applications for absentee ballots is the right thing to do or not all right that but that's that's not necessarily the issue there are people who just automatically want to mail ballots to everybody that's on the voting rolls. And they're doing this in Clark County, and you see what's already happening here and what a nightmare this is becoming. The only way that you should even consider that is, first of all, if you are regularly and aggressively scrubbing the voting rolls, making sure that the people who have moved are in fact removed who have moved are in fact removed from the list that the people who have died are removed from the list but interestingly many of the same people who don't want to have the the voting lists regularly updated to make sure they're accurate are the same ones who want to send out the ballots to just about everybody what could possibly go wrong with that back with more in just a minute this is jeff wagner wtmj welcome back to jeff wagner on wtmj 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. All right. As we are in the process of reopening the, the state, there are some communities that kind of decided, all right, let, let's kind of green light this. There are other communities that are, well, putting the brakes on a lot of stuff. Um, I, I have got somebody sent me something that the mayor of Mequon's put out and uh, the other yesterday and and again it it has all these different limitations it, it's it talks about how well bars can only open up to 40 percent capacity and then a week from now they can go up to 60 percent and a week after that they can go up to 80 percent and I kind of read this and I'm thinking okay what what's really going to be different one week from the next but that's that's another story but here's one of the things that that caught my my attention one of the provisions is that um, Residents for parks and other city lands. Residents are encouraged to use our parks and city lands. However, social distancing shall be required. Playgrounds and the pool are closed. And this is what I thought was interesting. Individuals may not engage in team or contact sports, including baseball, softball, basketball, football, soccer, and ultimate frisbee. So, in other words, don't take your kid to the, the park. Um, he, you know, if, if you're there with your, your two kids and they want to go shoot hoops on a basketball court, you're not going to be allowed to do that. Park buildings shall remain closed. No gatherings of more than 10 people shall be allowed. Okay, so that's, that's the rule that is, is in place. You got a social distance. You, you can't, you know, you, you can't do this. Heaven forbid you should get, uh, you know, four or five kids that are out there kicking around a soccer ball or something like that. That is not going to be allowed. Okay, so fine. That, that's, what the, that's what the rule is. My guess is that as time goes on, um, there's going to be more and more people who are going to be inclined 
to violate the, those those various rules because they're going to say, well, you know, given all this other stuff that we can do, is it really the end of the world if you've got four kids or six kids that are out there kicking around a soccer ball? Okay, the rule says you're not supposed to do that. Here is my question as a practical matter, because that's now where we, we are in this. It's, it's the practical reality, the reality of the situation. Let's say you're, you live in one of these communities that still have the, these rules in place. No, no congregating at the basketball hoop. No, no playing, no kicking the soccer ball around. None of those type of things. And you're driving by and you see people doing that. All right, gee, there's, there, there's, there's four teenagers that are out in the park, and you know what? They're, they're throwing the football around. And, you know, they're, they're not supposed to be doing that. Or there's a father, and there's a couple kids, and he's throwing a softball to one of them, and they're hitting it. The other couple kids are, are going, and they're tracking it down. So let's say you are driving you know, past one of these public parks or whatever, and you see that going on. Our number, 855-616-1620, that is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. My question is, what are you going to do? Are, are you going to stop the car and say, hey, you know, there, there's, a, there's a proclamation from the mayor who says you're, you, you guys aren't allowed to do that? Are you going to call the local police department and say, you know, I, I just drove by, by the soccer field, and I just drove by that park, and I, I saw it looked like there were four kids out there, and they were kicking the soccer ball back and forth, or they were throwing the football around. Are you going to call the, the authorities and report them, or are you just going to drive on and say, well, okay, they're, they're making this decision. They, they should know what the rules are. 855-616-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If that were you and you saw that, how, how would you handle how would you handle that situation? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You're going to report them. You're going to intervene. Or you're going to say, you know what? This really isn't affecting me right now. I, I'm just I'm driving on. I'm going to give Gru a chance to line up the calls. We're back to discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner. So glad to have you with us. All right, I, I'm... A number of communities, even though the, the state has, the Supreme Court has struck down safer at home, they're, they're continuing to impose various restrictions. I'm looking at something that went out from the mayor of Mequon. It's a proclamation saying um, residents can use our parks, but social distancing is required. Playgrounds and the pool are closed. Individuals may not engage in team or contact sports, including baseball, softball, basketball, football, soccer, and ultimate frisbee. No gatherings of more than 10 people shall be allowed. That's on top of not the team sports. So I'm wondering if, all right, you're driving by and you see, I don't know, five or six kids that are kicking a soccer ball around or throwing a football around. What are you going to do? Are you going to drive by? Are you going to stop your car and get out and say, well, you know, you guys aren't allowed to do that? Are you going to call the police? How do you handle it? Where are we when it comes to the these continuation of rules? Let's start with Lynn in Milton. Lynn, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Thanks so much for taking Hi, my call. Um, what do you think? I'm just really sad. I think this entire world has turned into a nanny state, and everyone's turned into a mean Karen, and... You know, if I recall correctly, we're all adults. Can we just be adults and make our own decisions? If you're so worried about it, then stay home. But there's so another you're not, part you're of So you're not the making world. the phone call? No, I'd be the last person on earth to make the phone call. 
Okay, live and thanks let for the live. Call. I, thanks for calling, Lynn. I appreciate it. I, I guess, see, I'm kind of that way, too. What, now, now, I understand that there are these guidelines. And candidly, if one of my friends said, uh, hey, Jeff, you want to go over to the park and shoot hoops, knowing that, you know, if, if they've got a rule in the community I live in saying you can't, I'd probably say, well, no, we really shouldn't do that because I, I don't want to find myself on the front page of the local paper. Here, he, he was out there shooting hoops. At the same time, if I was driving by and I saw some other people doing that and they weren't causing me any trouble and it didn't look like they were, I don't know, planning to go, like, loot the park section or something like that, would I just drive by? Yeah, i got to admit, I would probably just drive by. Steve in Milwaukee. Steve, you're on WTMJ. Jeff, how you doing? I'm well, thank you. Are you making that phone call? Sure. You making that phone call? You know what? I'm not, and i got to tell you a story. This happened just a couple of days ago. I was driving through Menominee Falls, and I saw a couple of girls kicking, actually kicking a soccer ball around. And it, you know, it, it struck me as odd, but then after I stopped and thought about it, just the fact that it struck me as odd is, is worrisome. I mean, this is ridiculous. You know, I think we need to get a grip on everything that's going on here and, and just get real, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. Thanks for the call, Steve. Now, I, no, see, I, I get it. You know, now look, you, you can change the facts a little. If you're saying to me, all right, Jeff, you're driving by the, the parking lot in, in a particular park, and there are 200 cars that are all piled together, and everybody's sitting outside, and, and they're drinking beer, and that's in violation of the rule. All right, am I going to make the call? No, I'm probably not going to make the call. But you know, if the police officer is driving by and he sees it, I understand, you know, rules are rules and you do that. I'm just saying from the perspective of, of some of these particularly more onerous kind of restrictions that are, are being put in place because we supposedly can't be trusted. All right, that, that, that's fine if, if they're out there. I'm just... I'm not going to be that guy that makes the phone call. Now, again, I'm a rules or rules guy, so I'm also not going to be the guy that violates that particular rule, at least that knowingly violates the rule. But I, I think this is one where, you know, we're, we're starting to put our police officers and law enforcement people in, in a very, very difficult situation because I'm trying to think, you know, you get that call. Hey, there's six kids in the park, and they're, they're playing touch football. Okay, so so what do you do? Well, you know, this is technically in violation of the proclamation. Do we do we run out there? I mean, think think about like the city of Milwaukee, for example, which has Lord knows, you know, all the different things that are going on there. We're still having homicides. We're still having car thefts. We're still having all those things. The bad guys haven't gotten the idea and the word that we're supposed to like be safer at home and not go out in public and commit crimes. So you know, the, can you imagine the Milwaukee police officer and you get this call saying, "Hey, there's there's six kids in the park and they're 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 throwing a football around." And you're probably thinking, "My God, I'm I'm glad they're throwing the football around as opposed to you know doing any one of a number of things that they could do that would be completely and, and totally you know." Anti-social, um, Jeff. If I am not going to report a bar for not behaving, I sure am not going to report kids for playing. Um, let's see, Jeff. If there's only five or six kids in a park playing, I'm I'm driving by. Yeah, I am too, Jeff. In my opinion, this is from Rose. There isn't anything for me to handle. People should be able to choose what they want to do. I always approve of people getting exercise, and in fact, I think it improves their immune system. In the situation you're talking about, I think people need to mind their own business. Jeff, how sad. If we start resorting to people reporting other people, 
If that starts to happen, I think it's my ultimate loss in faith in humanity, or at least here in the U.S. Jeff, if it's breaking the law, then yes, I'm calling it in. The law is the law. Well, okay, that's the um, that it, it's a it's a proclamation. So, I mean, I guess there are some people that are out there that are probably going to be willing to do that. But that's the decision we're going to have to face. And, and it's going to be more of a decision because I think what's going to happen is as as more communities start to open up and as the weather gets nicer, you're going to start having, I don't know, the kids that are going to go out and, and they're going to be in the park and they're going to be throwing the football back and forth. And, and I understand you've got the rule that says that they're not supposed to be doing that. But at the same time, I guess the question becomes if the bar can be open and you can have 40% occupancy or if you can have, I, I don't know, you know, 300 people at the area fleet farm, is that really any worse than, I don't know, a couple kids throwing a softball or a baseball back and forth? At some point in time, I think the authorities are going to have to figure out what that happy medium is and, and where you really want to concentrate your resources, where you want to put the emphasis. For me, the emphasis is on protecting the at-risk populations. To me, it's... All right, let's, if we want to pass rules, I, I'm less worried about the three kids or four kids kicking the soccer ball in the park than I am about, I don't know, it, vulnerable populations like at nursing homes, uh, another outbreak of that. That's where I'd be spending my money and resources, but that's just me. All right, the 2 o'clock hour, a lot of stuff coming up. Some will be controversial, some will be fun. Stick around. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back. Get ready to pull those levers. Actually, uh, during yesterday's program, we were talking about casinos. And when casinos reopen, will people be going back? And, and, and as somebody who has been an advocate for trusting, acknowledging that there's knuckleheads out there, but always believing that we don't legislate or shouldn't legislate to the lowest common denominator. I, I trust people to, in general, make the, the right decisions and then be accountable when they, they don't. Um, I, having said all that, look, when, when restaurants start to open up, as long as the restaurants are going to not have people piled on top of each other, will I go? Yes. Am I going to run into a bar that has uh, a seating capacity of 100 and has 120 people in it? No, I, I'm not going to do that. On the other hand, you know, might I go to some of my favorite establishments and have a beer as long as I'm not packed in like sardines? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to end up making that decision, and I'm going to try to keep my distance, and I'm going to use the hand sanitizer, and I'm going to try to be smart, which is how I think most people are. Having said that, there, there's... There's other places that I'm I'm more I'm more, a little more reluctant perhaps to to go back to. Do I think it's going to be a long time before I run into a, a stadium with forty thousand people or go to a concert where I'm I'm crammed in with twenty thousand strangers? It, it's going to be a while before I do that. Um, is it going to? I was scheduled to go in a couple weeks down to to Disney World. Now I don't know if Disney World is going to be open, but I'm not going because. I just, I, the lines, and, and even if you're doing it at 25% capacity, you're still going to be in lines, and you're going to be, you know, climbing onto the same rides that somebody just out climbed off of. I, I just, it, it's its personal decision. Other people will come down to a different conclusion, but it's a personal decision. I'm not going to, I just don't think I'm going to go. And then you have the casinos. 
Now, Las Vegas, and I'm a look, I, I love Las Vegas. You know, Vegas has just been absolutely crippled by this. And when Las Vegas reopens, it's not going to be like the Las Vegas that I think a lot of us, you know, remember. You're, you're not going to have a bunch of people piled three deep around a craps table shooting dice. You're just not going to have that happen. I don't know how you do the poker rooms. I don't know how you end up doing the shows. I know for the foreseeable future, if you like going to those buffets, well, if they have buffets, they're not going to have them like they, they used to, where you wander around with your plate and you just kind of help yourself. It's just, it is not going to happen. But people are still going to go to casinos. And one of the things we were talking about yesterday is what about some of the, the Native American, the Indian casinos in Wisconsin? When they open up, will, will you go? Now, the way the law works, and I think sometimes people get confused about this, um, tribal, the various tribal nations are their own sovereign governments. And there, there's what they call compacts between the tribes and the federal government and the states. But as a general rule, they are, they're, they're their own separate nations. The casinos that the various tribes own are on, on land that is owned by the tribe and is considered to be a part of the, the reservation, part of the tribal lands. They call it, the technical term in federal law is Indian country. That, that's, that's the phrase that they use. But for example, the, the Potawatomi, the, the land they own, that, that's tribal land. And as a result, it's not subject directly to the, the rules of, of, of the state. So what happened is when these various casinos made the decision to close down, they weren't forced to do that by, by Tony Evers' safer at home order or anything like that. They could have remained open. They made the decision to close themselves. So that means that they can open when, when they essentially want. And we were talking yesterday about you know when the casinos do make the decision to open up, are you going to be down there? And I'd say it was interesting. A number of people called and texted and said, hey, as soon as these things open, we're, we're going to be there. And other people were saying, well, no, I don't think this is where we're going to rush into it. In any event, uh, the newspaper has an online thing. Apparently, here, here's the, the story. Um, Wisconsin tribes plan to open their casinos on May 26th or shortly thereafter. May 26th, of course, is a week from Tuesday. That is the day after Memorial Day. So the story is they plan to reopen their casinos on May 26th or shortly afterwards. Um, Expect to see fewer slot machines, limited food service, no craps or other table games, and no bingos in the short term. Um, so interestingly, the, the, they estimate that the slot machines generally provide 80 to 90% of a casino's gaming revenue, 80 to 90%. So what's going to happen is, again, there, there's going to be guidelines, but in all, likely, you're not going to have ta- all likelihood, at least for the foreseeable future, you're not going to have table games, and you're going to have fewer slot machines because theoretically, you can you can spread them out. There's probably not going to be. There, I'm sure there's not going to be buffets, limited sort of food service. But at least for the people that want the slot machine fix, they're going to be able to do that. Again, this is one of these where I think people are going to have to you know make their own kind of decisions. You know, if you want to talk about a population, you know, if you look at the people that go to casinos, they tend to be older. 
so that they tend to be more in that more vulnerable population. Secondly, to the extent that you're going to spend a lot of time in there, it's not like going into a restaurant necessarily and being there for an hour and then leaving. You know, people that tend to go to the casinos are going to be there for long periods of time. And for people who bounce around with the different slot machines, even though you don't pull levers anymore, I know that, but you push all these buttons and you touch the screen, and you're going to be touching the same screen that somebody else just touched. Trying to keep this stuff clean is, is going to be a challenge. I'm not sure exactly how they're going to do it, and I have to confess, as much as I have a fondness for casinos, I don't think I'm going to be in the first wave of people that are coming back, and I think my wife's going to be glad to hear that. But if you are wondering when this might happen, speculation is May 26th, the week from Tuesday, or shortly thereafter, many of the casinos across the state are planning to reopen. So get your quarters ready. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. What a gorgeous day outside. Hope you're able to, with appropriate social distancing, figure a way to get out and enjoy this. Looks like a moderate, a temperate weekend, although they're talking about some rain, particularly some rain for Sunday. Hopefully that will hold off. All right, all across the country. Um, communities are starting to reopen. Some have very, very strict rules. Some have less strict rules. Interesting story out of Los Angeles County. Now, Los Angeles, um, both the city and it's Los Angeles, the city of, and then it's the county, kind of like Milwaukee City and then Milwaukee County. Um, Los Angeles being very, very aggressive when it comes to dealing with people who go out in public. And they have adopted one of, I I think it's the most stringent mask requirements, perhaps in the country. Here Here is the deal. Masks are now mandatory for anyone who goes outside at all in Los Angeles County. So masks are mandatory whether you're outside of your home um, and in any kind of contact with other people. If you're on a solitary run or a walk, you need to have a mask. Because um, if you came by other people, you were walking by other people, you tried to go into a grocery store, you have to have the face covering on. Residents are required to wear a face covering Anytime you are out and when there are the possibility that any other people will be around, whether it's at a trailhead or a parking lot or a sidewalk, if you are at a beach, you must wear a mask unless you are in the water. So that's the requirement. You are not allowed essentially to be outside. Can't walk down the street without wearing a mask because even if you're on one side of the street and somebody else on the other side of the street, there is the possibility that you might have to pass somebody. You might come into some form of contact with them. Mandatory masks, not just in businesses, out in the public. You're out on that jog. You've got to wear the mask. 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Okay, your, your reaction Because as a general rule, like, for example, in Wisconsin, we do not have the mandatory mask rule. There are a number of businesses which say if you want to come into our place of business, you you need to wear a mask. And that is certainly their right to do it. You have a number of public officials that encourage people to wear masks 
when they are inside buildings and to an extent, I guess, when, when they're, they're outside. But this is, this is the county making the rule saying if you are outside, you must wear a mask. If you're walking, even if you're walking by yourself, you need to wear a mask because you might come across somebody else. 855-616-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Is this going too far? What do you think? We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Around here, some businesses require you to wear a mask to go in. Um, many public health officials encourage people to wear masks even while they're practicing social distancing, but it, it's, not, it's not the law in many areas. Um, in Los Angeles, if you want to go outside, even just south, you want to take a walk, you want to take a jog, you are required to have a mask on. And you're certainly required to have a mask if you go into any sort of building at all. That is the rule. What do you think of that? Vince in Twin Lakes. Vince, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. How you doing? Happy Friday. Same to you, sir. What do you think? Um, I think I think the law, particularly in uh, in Los Angeles, I think it's uh, a little little over the top. Um, I, I you know, if I lived there, being a law abiding citizen, I I would uh, reluctantly uh, abide by it, just because you know that's the way I was raised, and and you know we hire these officials, and, uh, you know elect these officials to make these laws, and you know I think in that instance I would abide by it. But personally, I think it's just I think it's just too much. I think it's a little nonsense. I think people are putting a little false uh false sense of assurance in these in these masks that they're wearing i don't think they're doing what uh, everybody thinks they're doing you know personally mm-hmm. well i'm um, thanks to call i mean of course the, the the center for disease control at the beginning of all this came out and said you don't need to wear masks because we don't think that it's it, it substantially reduces the, the spread of this and now I, that, that advice i guess has changed i think in part because people wanted to have some control of the things. I don't have an issue with, with requiring, I guess, masks inside. To me, I think it should be up to, to businesses, uh, and so that's fine. I, just as a practical matter, because I'm a practical guy, I'm trying to imagine, you know, first of all, what do you do with the people who don't wear their masks appropriately? I've told this story before. I'm, I'm at a grocery store not that long ago, and both the checker and the person that, that's bagging groceries, they, they got the mask on, and I'm watching them, and one pulls down, her mask and says to the other one, hey, you know, put put that in. He wants paper. And the other one pulls down her mask and says, yeah, okay, I'll put it in paper. Then they both put the masks back up. So it's kind of like, all right, we, we've got this requirement, but we've just sort of defeated completely the, the purpose behind this. I also wonder, as a practical matter, I mean, you, you're going to the, the beach. Okay, you know, I, you, you know, you, you obviously you can't go in the water with the mask, so it's going to be, all right, well, you can be in the water you know, without the mask on, but then once you come out of the water, you can't. So if, if you're in the water and you happen to bump into somebody else or whatever, then you're then you're close and you don't need the mask. But if you're outside the water, you got to put the mask on. I, I mean, I, I guess this is you know one of these things that you know where where do you end up? Where is the balancing and what is the enforcement of this going to be? You know, I, again, I understand why going inside, why people have this requirement. And by the way, I think. You know, in many respects, it, it is a, it's a, 
it's a comfort factor. And I'm seeing more and more people put on put on the masks. They go into different places. And, and I, I think that's great. And I, I have a mask. I, I carry it with me. Do I wear it all the time? No, I don't wear it all the time. But it kind of depends on what the situation is. Um, but I'm, I'm not adverse to that. Do you need the government to tell you, though, that you can't go outside for a walk? You can't go walk that dog. Don't don't go out on your front lawn unless you, you know, you got a mask on because somebody else might walk by in front of you. It's at that point in time that I think, you know, we, we're going a, we're going way too far. We can encourage people to behave in a responsible fashion. We can encourage them to do the right thing. But when you say, all right, you know, you wear that mask when you're walking your dog, you're out at 10 o'clock at night, and you're on your front lawn, and the chances of you passing somebody are slim to none, and slim is on a bus out of town, but, but yet we want you to do that. All right, let's talk to Sue in Oak Creek. Sue, you're on WTMJ. Hi, thanks for taking the call. Hi, Sue. Sure. How are you? I'm good. What do you think? Good. You know, I think if the information is correct that I've read, you have a 1.5% transfer rate if both parties wear a mask. And as much as I hate the thought of having to wear it at all point or at all times, if it gets us back to moving and the economy going, I think it's a great solution until we have antibodies and or a vaccine. So we're going to, I'm just, I'm just curious. So we're going to wear a mask for the next two years out in public. They are saying that it potentially we could have it this fall in terms of, you know, whether that will happen. I don't know. Right. You know, okay. But, but your, your point would be we, we wear masks in public for as long as it takes and if it if nobody would be happier than me to have a have a vaccine by the end of the year but you know other people say a year and a half two years or whatever your point would be masks in public for as long as it takes that and social distancing yeah i think we're going to probably have to do that to continue to stop the spread so okay thanks for calling so i appreciate it i i guess i you know i i i See, my hesitation with all this, too, is even, like I keep saying, once we get a vaccine, there's a huge chunk of people that aren't aren't going to get it, uh, aren't are going to choose not to get that vaccine. Um, at, at some point in time, I, I guess we have to recognize, and by the way, I think people are going to social distance. I've been saying this. I think that this is going to be the new norm and people you know, using the hand sanitizer and things like that. I'm not sure that you're going to be able to sell the general public on the notion of, Every time you go outside, you have to wear a mask for the next six months or a year and six months or two or three years. I just, I, I just don't, think that that's, I don't think that that's reasonable. You know, for the immediate future, you know, maybe you can put that in place. But at some point in time, it seems to me you're going to have to open stuff up. It's time now for Jeff Wagner's Pop Culture Corner. Put aside the heavy lifting and call the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. And now, here is Jeff Wagner. Right before we get to that, let me remind you, it's been two months since the world was put on pause. What does the future of sports in America look like? How soon can we gather with our friends and family at restaurants and events? Join John McCure and Greg Matzik next Tuesday, May 19th, 4 o'clock, for WTMJ Cares special town hall where they'll be joined by mark murphy from the packers rick schlesinger of the brewers peter fagan from the bucks and leaders in the restaurant and entertainment industry if you've got a question for the panel the number to call is 414-203-8105 wtmj
WTMJ Cares, powered by Watchery Industries, Premier Aluminum, and sponsored by Boucher Automotive, Emmer Real Estate, Elkhart Lakes, Road America, and Gruber Law Offices. Yep, like the big voice guy says, it is Pop Culture Corner. Um, and today, well, today's was kind of an easy one. The weather is getting nicer. We can go outside without having coats on. The daylight lasts longer. My goodness, it stays light till you know going on eight o'clock. Um, all those different things. And if you were listening to the news, one of the things that's happening is drive-in movies are starting to make a comeback now. Movie theaters at some point in time will open up. The story was, for example, that uh, Marcus Movie Theaters are looking at opening up sometime after June 1st. That's a couple weeks, and probably not all at once. It's not going to be just, boom, we throw a switch and every movie theater is open. And they're experimenting with ways they can do it in ways that patrons are comfortable and that they eliminate or reduce the opportunity that people are going to get sick. So they're experimenting with these different things, and I think what they're going to do is that maybe they'll open one theater or two theaters in a market, and they'll try stuff out and they'll see what works and doesn't work, and then gradually start to expand as they want people to get more comfortable going back to seeing movies. But drive-in movies may very well be making a a comeback, and you might start to see more of these pop-up things because it's the ultimate social distancing in many respects. You, You go in, you are watching the movie on the big screen, so you get that experience, but at the same time, you're in your car, and so you're only there with the people that you are there with. Well, in any event, as a tribute to the drive-in movie, for Pop Culture Corner this week, and our number 855-616-1620, my question is, what is the ultimate, the ultimate summer movie? The ultimate summer slash drive-in movie. You know, if there is one movie that you would love to see at that drive-in on a warm June or July evening on the big screen, what is that one movie? 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. The ultimate drive-in movie. As I always say during these segments, I encourage you to kind of call in quickly because our phone lines tend to jam up, and I, I want to get as many calls as possible. And also, don't you don't need to overthink the whole thing. It's like, oh, gosh, you know, that movie I'd love to see on that big screen on a warm summer night, the ultimate drive-in movie. It can be a drama. It can be a musical. It can be a comedy. It could be something in between. The only deal is it's the ultimate summer movie one that you could not wait to see at a drive-in. All right, let me take a quick break, give Gru back at the studio a chance to line up the calls, and then we will discuss 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, the ultimate summer-slash-drive-in movie. We're all ready for some escapist entertainment. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ, Pop Culture Corner. Please stick around. Since 1964, we've changed your tires and so much more. This is Jeff Wagner's Pop Culture Corner. Now back to Take Your Calls. Here's Jeff Wagner. And with summer coming on, drive-in movie theaters starting to open up, we are choosing the ultimate summer-slash-drive-in movie movie. 855-616-1620, which is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's start with Rich in Pewaukee. Rich, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hello. Good afternoon. 
Good afternoon, sir. I okay, what's the ultimate movie? American Graffiti. When I was a kid. Uh, yeah, Rich, thanks for the call. American Graffiti, um, I, matter of fact, I, I just I watched that the, the other night, not on the drive-in movie, but you've got a great soundtrack. Um, you know, Ron Howard, before he became a famous director, after he was Opie, Cindy Williams from Laverne and Shirley, Harrison Ford in one of his first roles, Suzanne Summers, she was the hot blonde in the car, a great soundtrack. Um, and that was really kind of, you know, once that took off, it... It led to a lot of other stuff, including like the TV show Happy Days and things like that. Great movie, great soundtrack, great summer film. Let's talk to Andy in Menominee Falls. Andy, you're in WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Okay, the ultimate say, drive-in uh, the movie. Great, uh, I would say The Great Outdoors with John Candy, classic movie. Yeah. It is, you know, and anything... Anything with 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 John Candy is is just a winner. But it's you know it's a it's a great comedy. But at the same time, it's got a little bit of a heart to it too. I mean, it's not it's not just something that's completely and totally dumb. Thanks to call Andy. I, I would say if you were trying to put together like a, a double feature for summer movies at that drive-in theater, you take the great outdoors and you want to make it a John Candy thing. And you, you pair it with planes, trains, and automobiles, which I know was set around Thanksgiving. But still, you know, Steve Martin, John Candy, funny as heck, still got lines that people do. Um, and at the same time, you know, a, a message at the end. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's talk to Scott in Green Bay. Scott, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Uh, if you had the right speakers, I don't know what they would have nowadays, but remember the old ones, they weren't the best, the ones you hang on your window. But if you did, <laughs> right. what, what, what movie would be better at night in the dark than Jurassic World on a big screen with the big dinosaurs, you know? Okay, now are you talking about Jurassic World or are you talking about the first yes. one, Jurassic Park? No, no. You mean Jurassic? No, oh, you mean Jurassic World? Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I yeah, yeah. no, no, th- no. Thanks for calling. No, I see that's that that's it. Now I know I'm going to go to the text. I'm our text line a number of minutes in a couple of minutes, and a number of people are saying Jaws, and and of course, I mean, I still remember seeing Jaws in a big screen. You know, I I was in the movie theater, and I I still remember the gal I was dating at the time. I you know once that when that shark jumped out of the water, I mean, I mean, she grabbed my arm. It was a great day thing. I think I still have the marks in my arm that she left. You know, when when she grabbed that thing. But yes, uh, Jurassic a double feature like Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, or you take Jurassic Park and you pair it with Jaws. Any one of those would be, or maybe you make it a triple feature. What the heck? Sometimes they do that at drive-ins. Be a great thing. Um, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Nick in Watertown. Nick, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hello. Hi, Nick. Hi. Um, Twister. You know, because the fact they had the the Twister in the the movie itself with the drive-in theater. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. That's uh, thanks for you know I I I Twister is one of those movies that I could watch over and over and over again. And you're you are exactly right. That is a perfect movie for a hot summer night, sitting there watching it on the the big screen. And you, you're right, exactly. There's a there's a one scene where the Twister rips through the uh, the, the drive-in movie theater and, and all that type of stuff. It's just. Twister is one of those sort of like just fun, 
fun movies, and I understand it's you know that you're watching the Philip Seymour Hoffman. You know, that's one of his first roles in there. It's just, it's just, it's a good, fun sort of. It's a disaster movie. Now, don't get me wrong. So you say, well, how could you say it's fun because people get you know swallowed up in the twister? But in some respects, it's kind of silly. It's fun. It's it's a great summer movie. And it would look great on a drive-in movie screen. Let's talk to Hugh in Florida. Hugh, you're on WTMJ. Hi. See, we have a drive-in theater down here, which is naturally open all year round. And Lawrence of Arabia would be a great movie. Where where in Florida are you calling from, Hugh? Uh, Silver Springs, right next to Ocala, Florida. Oh, got it. Okay, yeah, I um, yeah, Lawrence. Matter of fact, it's funny you should mention. I just I, Lawrence of Arabia was on one of the cable channels about a week or two ago, and I watched it pretty much beginning to end. I've never seen Lawrence of Arabia on a big screen. I mean, I've only seen it, you know, on the TV stuff. My guess is it would be spectacular with those those big shots that they would have of the desert and things like that. My guess is it would be great to see it on the big screen. Wonderful movie. I seen uh, Phantom of the Opera uh, two months ago, and that was another beautiful movie on a large screen. Yeah, thanks for calling. I appreciate you. You know, it's it's interesting. Peter O'Toole. The people don't know this. He was, you know, he became famous for Lawrence of Arabia. That was his first uh, film role. First film role. All right, let's talk to Jeff in Fox Point. Jeff, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. I think a really good one for a drive-through would be the movie Drive with Ryan Gosling okay. about a freelance getaway driver because um, of the perspective with driving and, and being in the car, but also because it has a strong 80s feel when drive-in movies were still around. Yeah. No, that would make sense to me. I can see that. You put that together and maybe you pair it with, um, I, I don't know, maybe the Gone in 60 Seconds or, or one of those type of films as well. Th- thanks for calling. I appreciate it. No, that's, you, you, could do, you couldn't go wrong by doing like some of the road flicks, no doubt about it. Glenn in Glendale. Glenn, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Nice to talk to you. Jeff, La La Land, I thought, would be a great movie for uh, summertime uh, outdoor theater. Take your wife, your girlfriend. It's probably one of the best movies I've ever seen, and it didn't make the Academy Awards. Well, right. I mean, well, yeah, La La Land, you've got the, I mean, it's it's, it's kind of light. Um, thanks for the call, Glenn. I appreciate it very much because we're getting a little bit of feedback there. But, yeah, you've got, uh, yeah, you, you've got the, the songs, and it's kind of light, and it's fun. La La Land is one that maybe you pair with something like an, an American graffiti or, or something like that, and, and you just go and you have some fun at the movies, and Lord knows we're ready for some fun. Gianni in Montello, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Yeah, Jeff. Um, the, the, the most entertaining uh, drive-in summer movie is something I think you'll guess. You all know me. You know how I am. Okay. I'll catch this bird for you, but it's not going to be pleasant. Bad fish. Not like going right. down to the pond and chasing bluegills <laughs> or tummy cats. This well, you do it yet. It'll swallow you whole. Little shaking, <laughs> little tenderizing, and down you go. Uh, well, you, I value my life a lot more than three thousand bucks, Chief. I'll find well, thanks. Three. Okay, I gotta I'll let you go, Johnny. Now, see, I, you're talking, of course, about Shaw. You're talking about that's Robert Shaw and his, the, the great Captain Quint role in in the movie Jaws. It is interesting. I can do like I can do lines from Macbeth and Hamlet, but I I, I can't do lines from Jaws. But I, maybe I'd be better off doing that. But Jaws again. The, Jaws was the first kind of tentpole blockbuster movie. You know, before Jaws, a lot of people, the, the thinking was nobody goes to movies in the summer. 
You know, you, you save you save everything for Christmas time and stuff like that. People don't go to movies when, you know, there's all sorts of other stuff to do outside. So then they roll out Jaws in the summer of 1970, whatever that was, and, and they find that there was this huge demand for it. And after that, now it's all about, like, the summer blockbuster movies. You know, interestingly, I, let me just throw out a couple others that we haven't talked about. I'll get to the text line in just a minute. But you've got, like, all the Indiana Jones movies. I mean, you know, do, do Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, put that and pair that with a couple of the other movies, put those on a big screen, you know, how cool would that be? Uh, Of course, you've got the Star Wars movies, particularly the first couple. There are a number of people, um, a lot of critics believe that The Empire Strikes Back which is, of course, the, the second in the, star, in the Star Wars movie. A lot of people think that, that that's the ultimate drive-in movie and, you know, the best for a summer thing. Um, a couple of the other ones out there, um, Top Gun. You know, they're coming out with a remake from Top Gun sometime soon, but that would certainly be one that I would put up there. The um, Die Hard. You know, Die Hard would be another one. You put it up on the, the big screen. Um, if you're perhaps more contemporary, I'm not proud of this, but I'm a huge fan of, of the uh, John Wick movies that are out there with Keanu Reeves. And, of course, if you're looking for, like, a, a great summer movie, how about, you know, how about The Matrix? You know, and, and this, the Matrix trilogy, put that up on the uh, screen. Okay, let's see. Let's go to the text line here. Um, Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, Smokey and the Bandit would definitely be one of those. Jeff, uh, Shining. By the way, The Shining was on the drive-in movie theater at the the movie uh, Twister. So, right, The Shining with Jack Nicholson. No question about that. Let's see. um, Backdraft. That would certainly be one. Uh, Grease. Yeah, a lot of people are saying Grease. That's a tremendous one as well. Matter of fact, a lot of people are saying saying Grease. Number of people are saying American Graffiti on top of that. Um, I went to the original Friday the 13th movie when I was 11. We saw it at the 41 Twin. I didn't sleep for weeks. It's still the ultimate summer movie memory. Yeah, that's no question about that. Number of people are saying American Graffiti as well. Um, Major League would, of course, be another one. So all these great movies that are out there, and, and this, is, this is the time we want to start thinking about them because for the last couple months, we've been just, just dealing with relentlessly bad news, it seems, on a daily basis. And I understand there's going to be more of that to come, but as we move into the summer season, while maintaining social distancing and things of the like, I think it's time to talk about some fun stuff as well, and nothing better than getting back to the movies and nothing better than finding yourself that great summer movie that you want to watch. All right, when we come back, we're going to find out what John and Melissa have on their minds for Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Please stick around.